Welcome to RCC at RHS. My name is Mike, and I'm one of the pastors here. I'm super excited that you're here this morning. I was so excited to get out on stage between the music jacking me up. I had to see the end of the video with the basket at the end. So good music, basketball. For me, it kind of doesn't get any better than this. It's a great day already. If you're here and you, and you missed it last week, we started a new series that we're calling March Madness. And sure enough, it has a basketball theme because it's the big March Madness deal that we all know about. But really, we're doing it because life can get pretty mad or pretty crazy. That's what a lot of us deal with all the time. So throughout the series, we're going to talk about God's solutions for all the different things that can kind of make our lives go crazy. And today, we talk about God's solution for the stress that can drive us crazy. As I look around, I bet you there's someone here that's stressed out about your job or your finances, or your schedule, or your kids, or, or, or a friend in your life that's struggling, uh, your to-do list, or, or maybe even all of the above, right? Yes? Let's see. Stressed out about something in life? Well, you guys are doing pretty good, because studies show that it's a lot, a lot more frequent than what you're showing me right now. It's okay. This is a safe place to admit that you're not perfect. We're all not perfect here. But, you know, even, even the good things in life can stress us out. Even the good stuff like kids' activities that you're excited about or are going to visit relatives or, or having a special event or all that kind of stuff. Can, can, you know, it starts out as fun, but it, it ends up, ah, it's kind of stressful. I can't do it. I can't get it done. You know, I have all these pressures. Maybe there's someone here who even got stressed out this morning trying to get the family ready for church on time. I won't, I won't have you raise your hand for that, but I would bet that somebody struggled through that this morning. So I have a little gift for you all this morning. Um, basketballs, because it's a basketball theme, and there's stress balls too. So I've got a few I can throw out there. I'm not sure how far I can throw these things because they're sponges. But if you're experiencing some stress in life and you'd like to get a, a stress ball to squeeze during the service, raise them up and I'll try to throw them to you. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, here's a couple. Lots of stress in that section. There we go. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't manage my stress balls well enough, but that's all I have. They're like, like 70 cents online, though, so if you want to go on Amazon later, and get, you can get like a whole 12-pack of them for like 8 bucks. So grab yourself some stress balls. Maybe it'll help, because everyone I talk to seems to be stressed out. Uh, if, if I ask, how's it going? In the past, it used to be, I'm fine, right? Like, that would be everyone's answer. Like, how's it going? I'm fine. Now, usually when you ask someone, how's it going, they'll say, I'm stressed out. And stressed out about all kinds of different things. It's almost like it's a badge to wear. Like, if you're not stressed out, then you're not important, or you don't have enough going on. So it's almost like this kind of sick competition, who can be more stressed out. If I talk to high school students, they'll say, I'm stressed out, and then they'll tell me why. But then, if I talk to college-age people, they'll say, oh, those high school kids, they... they they, they have no clue. Wait a few years, and then they'll really know what stress is. But 20-somethings, 20-somethings have no sympathy for college students, right? 20-somethings will say, college, big deal. Wait till you get a, a demanding boss and a house to take care of and bills and all that stuff. Then, then you'll really know what stress is. But then, if you talk to someone who's a bit older and they have the house and the job and the kids and everything, they'll say, oh, before you have kids, like, what did you do with all your time? Do you ever, do you ever ask yourself that? Janet and I do sometimes, like, we can, like we're getting kind of old, but we can still remember back before we had kids. And now, you know, we'll be doing a bunch of stuff, and we'll say, what did we do before we had kids? Like, we must have had so much free time, 
I, I, can't, I can't figure out anything we did with all the free time we had back then. So maybe if you're a little bit older, you've said that to yourself. If you haven't yet, it, it's coming. Like someday you'll get a break and there won't be all the time required to take care of the kids. But if you're in the middle of it, you know. There's so many requirements for your time, so much that you have to do, it just gets really tough. However, it seems like eventually people figure this out. It seems like older people aren't as stressed out. If you think about it, how many 80-year-olds that you've met are all stressed out about life, right? Oh, did we, did we get the video? Did you see that? So here's someone who's 102, so, I mean, they, they got to have stuff in life that's stressful, right? There's got to be something that hurts or isn't working right. I mean, that's just, as you get older, it happens. She's got her big birthday party, and then her teeth come out at the party. Now, if you're younger, that'd probably be hugely embarrassing and all that stuff. When you're 102, you don't give a rip, right? Teeth fall out, who cares? You just laugh it off. People figure it out as they get older. And I think older people probably even have more to be stressed out about than younger people, if you really think it through. If someone's 80 years old or more than 80 years old, they've got increasing bills, declining money coming in. Um, they've got grown kids who have kids, and there's all kind of issues going on in those families they've got to think about. They have a changing society. They've got health issues. They've got a lot to be stressed about. But if you think about it, they're usually not so stressed. So what can we learn, right? From someone who's older and maybe wiser, what can we learn from them? I think a couple things. I think they figured some stuff out, first of all. I think as you get older, you realize that some stress in life is just inevitable. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just going to happen. And then there's other stress in life that we cause for ourselves. Our own choices put us in stressful life situations. So I think they've figured out that, first of all, you've got to make better decisions for yourself, not to put yourself in difficult situations that stress you out. And then for the ones that you can't control, you've you got to have better ways of dealing with it. You can't just go all freaky all the time. So I spent a lot of time this week kind of thinking about being older and like what life will be like and how I won't be so stressed out when I'm 80. And I made some plans. Yesterday, no, Friday, my wife and I, Janet and I, we drove down to Milwaukee to visit my sister. And we kind of had to be there at a certain time Friday night. And I was kind of rushing and then traffic was heavy as we got down to Milwaukee. And, and I was getting a little stressed out driving. Have you ever been stressed out driving? Yes, okay, you, boy, you were ready for that one. Driving can be stressful. But I don't think it is for people that are older. They don't really seem to care, right? So, like, when I'm 80, I've got plans. I'm just not going to care. If I want to go fast, I'm going to go fast. If I want to go slow, I'm going to go slow. And I don't care what gestures people make. It won't even matter to me. I'm, I'm going whatever speed I want to go. I'm going to back up wherever I want to back up. Actually, here's, here's my dream. Here's my, you will see. If I'm, I hope to still be living and ripping when I'm 80. And if I am... Hopefully this will make the paper, and you'll think back, like, all those years ago, Mike said he would do this. I'm going to go through the McDonald's drive through backwards. <laughs> I don't know why this is a fantasy of mine, but it is. And I, and I think at 80, like, what are they really going to do to you if you do it, right? Because you can just claim you didn't know what you were doing. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to back on up to the window, all the way up to the window. And I'm going to get to the window. I'm going to say, two double cheeseburgers, please. And you know there's going to be some kid in the window that's kind of stressed out. He won't know what to do. He'll probably say, you can't drive like that. And I'll say, sure, I'll have fries with that. And then I'll say, because you, you can fake it like you can't hear, right? And then, because a lot of old people, that, they're just pretending they can't hear. They can really hear. They just don't want to hear anymore. So they've just gotten wise. He'll, the kid will say, no, no, you got to go the other way. And I'll say, no, no, you have a nice day. It'll be awesome. Or, or here's another one. Here's another one. 
Like now, for our family, me going to the grocery store is frustrating. I'm not allowed to go. I spend too much money. Honestly, I've said this before in sermons. I'm really only allowed to go to the grocery store on vacation because I just spend too much. I miss the grocery store. So when I'm 80, I'm going all the time. And here's, here's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm gonna, I like produce a lot. When I was a kid, I worked in the produce department. My kid worked in the produce department. I like produce. So I'm going to go in at 80 with a plate to the produce department. It, it's going to be awesome. And I'm just going to start eating stuff. Like I'm going to put it on my plate, and I'm going to eat it like it's the early bird's buffet, right? So, some kid will come up to me. I'm like, it's not the early bird's buffet. Come on, it's 2 o'clock. I want my dinner. What are they going to say to an 80-year-old eating dinner at the buffet at the produce section when they're 80, right? You think I can get away with it? Some of your kids' kids could be working there then, so when they come home with the story and tell you, you can say, oh, yeah, I remember that. He said he was going to do that. I would just love to screw around at the grocery store. And I, I think I'm too young. Like, I, I, I get stressed out. I get nervous. I get in trouble. But someday, it's going to be fun. So I'm looking forward to a lot of things when I'm 80. I actually kind of have a list of all the fun stuff I plan to do. But when it comes to stress, you don't got to wait till you're 80 to deal better with it. If 80-year-olds deal better with it, why not look at 80-year-olds and say, hmm, they've got something figured out. I should figure this out now and not wait till I'm 80. I can make better choices now. I can get God's help in dealing with stress now, and God's willing to help. Some people deal with it better than others. We, we know this. You can put two people in the exact same life circumstance. One of them's all stressed out. One isn't. So what do they know? Well, first, it's this. you got to make better choices. Your, your own choices, my own choices, cause us stress in our lives. We, we put the stress on ourselves. The two most common things, if you studied out, the two most common things that people are stressed about, generally, the most common, not all, but the most common, are their schedules and their finances. In surveys, that's what just comes to the top a lot. Over 50% of people would say they're stressed out because of their schedule. So, if this church is just like the rest of America, that would say over half of you are stressed out because of your schedules. But that's all about choices. You don't need a God miracle to fix that. You just can't live like there's 50 hours in a day. If you try to live like there's 50 hours in a day, you get all stressed out. You go crazy. And we understand that with a lot of things in life. You just can't overdo it, right? Like fruit. You, you, you can't eat all the fruit you want or you're going to have potty problems most likely. So, so you can't just eat, 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 fruit, 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 because eventually you get a stomachache. And we know this, so we all kind of have an idea of how much of different things we can eat. This part is simple. You can't just keep jamming more things in your schedule. It's going to make you sick. You're going to be stressed out. So a lot of times we're doing it to ourselves with schedule. We don't need God to intervene. We just need to choose better. The other one is finances. 73% of people say that at times they struggle or they feel stress because of their financial situation. Again, don't live like you make $100,000 if you make $50,000. You just It doesn't matter what you see on TV. You just can't live like that. If you try, you're not going to end up happy. It's all going to come back and, and kind of bite you in the butt. See, these things we can control. We, we can control these aspects of our life. Your, your kid doesn't have to sign up for every activity. You don't have to buy the new car. You don't have to get the bigger house. Because some of those choices are making your life more stressful. You're doing it to yourself. And, and God's direction to you in the Bible would just say, cut it out. There, there's no more required. You just got to stop. So the first step in reducing your stress is to make decisions or choices that are better for you. 
You can think about them before you make the choice and choose things that are better for you or it will never get better. You have to do this first. If what you're doing now isn't working, why would you keep doing the same thing? You know, if the last few months or few years or whatever have been kind of stressful for you, start making some different choices for yourself. you're, You're still the leader of your own life. You get to choose. It's just common sense. Choose better now. Don't wait until you're 80. And you don't need a miracle. You know, you don't need to have God let you win the lottery or God to somehow miraculously put 50 hours into a day. You don't need God to intervene on these things. You can actually control these things. But there's a different sort of madness in life. There's another sort of madness in life. There's a madness in life that's caused by things outside of our control. It wasn't our choice. We didn't make a bad decision. Things just happen sometimes that you have no control over, and they cause you a lot of stress. So this morning, we're going to look at two solutions from Scripture, from the Bible, that God has for that type of stress, the stress that you didn't cause that just happens in life. And and they're simple. They're really simple, you'll realize. But they're biblical. I, I just think we're too busy all the time to really take advantage of them. So that's why we're going to talk about them. One God solution to dealing with unwanted stress in your life is to combat it by letting yourself enjoy the good things that there could be in your life. This next Bible verse could really surprise you. Listen to this. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 8. So I recommend having fun because there's nothing better for people to do in this world than eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they'll experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them. You almost would think maybe that wouldn't come from the Bible. The Bible's saying just go have fun. And, and, I, and, I, and I think we get so bogged down, we, we can tend to think that God is just a huge spoil sport. So you look at that and you go... God says to have fun. Wait a minute, I think God's a huge spoil sport. You have God all wrong. However you came to your image of God in your head, you messed up because that's not what the Bible teaches. God is not a spoil sport. God's not dull. God's not a bore. God is not against us having a good time or enjoying life or laughing or having fun. God likes those things. God is not against us. God is for us. He doesn't want you to be all stressed out all the time. He doesn't want you to be unable to enjoy the good things that you have in your life. He wants you to enjoy them. The devil is the one who wants you miserable all the time, not God. So don't let the devil win in your life. If you're walking around stressed out and unhappy, the devil's winning right now. And that's not what God wants for you. God is for us, and he wants us to enjoy what he's created for us. Listen to this from 1 Timothy. Since everything God created is good... We should not reject any of it. We may receive it gladly with thankful hearts. The Bible is so clear about this. Listen to the next one. Proverbs 14. A relaxed attitude lengthens life. A relaxed attitude lengthens life. Sometimes I'm not all that relaxed. Maybe, maybe you're the same way. Maybe you get kind of wound up. Maybe you get kind of crabby. I do sometimes. So what is it that helps you relax? What is it that you enjoy doing in life? For me, I, I enjoy fishing. Um, video games, movies, if I'm on vacation, I have time like, to read a great novel is fun for me, ice cream, scuba diving. There's a ton of stuff that I enjoy in life. God says that we can do these things gladly. We can just have fun doing these things. So like, I'm, a, I'm especially excited when I, like, you can't eat too much ice cream now. Like, I got to be careful because you could eat too much ice cream and, you know, that's not the best thing. But when I'm 80, I'm going to eat ice cream constantly. 
I, I, it's, it's on the list of things I want to do when I'm 80. But, but now, like, sometimes ice cream can be stressful, right? Because, like, if you eat too much, maybe your stomach doesn't feel good or you, you gain weight or whatever it is. got to be careful how much ice cream. When, when I'm 80, I'm not going to care. Now, a little bit stressful because if you ever go to an ice cream shop, like, that's, that's the funnest part of ice cream. Like, I like ice cream at home. That's good. Ice cream shop is even better. I don't know if it's because of the whole experience or whatever, but it just seems more fun to me. So if we're on vacation, pretty much we'll always find an ice cream shop and, and just get an ice cream. It's a, just a fun thing to do. Or go to Mugs and get an ice cream in the summertime is a fun thing for me to do. But with the flavor testing, that can screw the whole thing up. But if, if you're not aware, sometimes when you go to ice cream shops, they have those tiny little spoons. Raise your hand if you know what I mean by the tiny little spoons. Good. Okay, so I don't have to describe it. So there's these tiny little spoons, and you can ask them for a tiny little spoon, and they'll give you a flavor test. Now, that, that's a good thing. Like, if they have something like, I don't know, salted caramel party surprise, you don't really know what that tastes like, right? So you, you want to take a little taste, or, or um, this just got serious. That's one at Mugs. It's my favorite ice cream ever. When you go to Mugs this summer, ask them for this just got serious. Best ice cream in the world. If you don't like it, let me know. I'll pay for your ice cream because I love that so much. I, I could, I'd like to fill a bathtub with that and sit in it. I need to pat, I'm going to put that on my 80 list, right? Can you imagine me in the old folks home sitting in a bathtub full of ice cream? That'd be amazing. But sometimes you go, you, I mean, you probably don't want to imagine me at 80 sitting in a bathtub. <laughs> Never mind. Clear that from your head. Um, sometimes I get kind of stressed out, though, because you get there, and like, there's someone in line in front of you, and they're using the little spoon thing, and they're just trying too much stuff. Right? And I'm like, Janet will be with me, and, and, and I, I'm just kind of an impatient person. So, you know, they're trying one, and they're trying another. That's all good, but they just start trying too many. And, and recently, this, this lady, um, she tried very vanilla. And it was like her fifth one. So I'm standing next to Janet, and Janet knows I'm about to go off, right? Like, I'm almost twitching. And, and she, like, starts pinching me because I'm like, very vanilla? It's It's vanilla! Yeah, or if she would have went for double chocolate, my head would have exploded, right? <laughs> so even now, like something like ice cream can be stressful, but it won't when I'm 80 because when I'm 80, I'm getting all the spoons. I'm giving everyone else all the spoons. I'm going to the ice cream shop for dessert. I'm going to get seconds and thirds of the taste thing. They're, they're not, who's going to, some 50-year-old guy in line is going to be trying to kick me out. And I'm going to be like, back up off me, buddy. Like just get off. I'm, I'm eating all the ice cream I want because you have a different attitude. Why would you be in a rush at the ice cream shop, right? It's kind of stupid to be in the rush at the ice cream shop. You should enjoy it because I think God created ice cream. Anything good in this world, my belief that it's God's design that we have it. You know, whether it's a beautiful sunrise or ice cream or relaxing times joking around with friends, laughter, comedy, happiness. God invented all those things, and he wants us to enjoy them. That's why he created them. We're his children. These are gifts to us. So what is it? that gives you a relaxed attitude? What is it that brings you happiness in life? If you want a happier, longer life, says Scripture, you need to do these things and enjoy them and receive them as a gift from God. Whatever they might be, as long as they don't take you away from God, because sometimes we can make choices in a relationship or a hobby or whatever that takes us away from God. We're not interested in God then, or we don't think about God or pray or go to church. Or we, don't make choices that take you away from God. He's not blessing those. But a whole bunch of things in life you can do and enjoy and receive it as a gift from God. Whether it's hunting or fishing or gardening or golf or walking or reading or biking or painting or reading a novel, a cup of coffee with friends, a great burger. Do them and, and do them gladly. Give thanks for them while you're, God, this is an amazing burger. Thank you. I love it. God, this walk is awesome. Look at the sunrise, God. I love it. Do them and enjoy them. 
because they can be great stress relievers. You see, for most things in life, there's two options. Here they are. Do it and enjoy it, or don't do it. There's very little in life that you actually have to do. Sometimes we walk around thinking, oh, I got to do this, and I got to do that. And I no, you don't. I mean, there's, there's a set of things you do need to do. Baby crying in the middle of the night, you know, no option. You, you got to go change the diaper. It's not the most fun. kind of smells, but you got to do it. But a lot of things in life, you don't have to do. So either do it and enjoy it, or just don't do it. Don't cause stress in your own life. Instead, relax and enjoy. God has designed the whole calendar that way. Maybe you've heard of that Sunday should be a Sabbath day. Sometimes people look at that as like a restriction from God. Like, I'm not supposed to do anything on Sunday. I should just go to church and pray all day. That, that's not what he means. It's, it's great to honor God on a Sunday. That's a wonderful thing. But a Sabbath day is a break day. You take a break from the things that frustrate you. And oftentimes, you know, people think work. You take a break from work. And sure enough, you should. But on a Sabbath day, you can take a break from anything that you want to take a break from. That's what God has designed because he knows who we are. He knows what you are as a human being. You need breaks. And a lot of you aren't taking them. You want to have a day where you don't do junk you don't want to do. And that's up to you. Like people in the Bible, they got too persnickety about it. Like what's okay to do on the Sabbath, what shouldn't, uh, and they, they screwed it all up. Don't do stuff that frustrates you. Don't do stuff that's stressful to you. Take a day away from that stuff. So for some of you, maybe like yard work is super fun. It's a way that you relax, you enjoy cutting the grass or tilling in the garden or whatever it is. You can sure enough do yard work on a Sabbath day. Other people, you hate yard work and that's just going to make you crabby. You shouldn't do that on a Sabbath day. But God created the Sabbath not only for us to worship him, but as a gift for us. And you're missing out if you're not enjoying it. Another thing that God has created, I referenced it earlier, is laughter. Laughter can be key in all this. Laughing is good for you. God invented humor. God invented laughter. Parents, don't you love to see your kids laugh? Like, isn't it just the best thing in the world as a parent when, when you see your kids just really go off and laugh uncontrollably? It, it's just so amazing. That's how your father God looks at you. He wants you to laugh like that. He enjoys when you laugh like that, and it's even okay to laugh in church. So let's practice. I have a, a short video, like a minute long, from a comedian that I really enjoy. Take a look and see if any of it would lead you to laughter. They say laughter is the best medicine, and it is, after you've received real medicine <laughs> from a real medical professional. Prior to that, you don't want any laughter. You don't want a doctor giggling during an exam. Oh my gosh, this is your body? <laughs> it's got to be hard to work in a hospital. That hospital lighting, everyone looks sick in that hospital lighting. I walked in, they're like, we should get you to the ER. <laughs> I'm just here to see my wife. Well, you have jaundice. <laughs> see, compared... Oh, my gosh, I have jaundice, too. We all have jaundice. <laughs> when my wife would nap, I'd go to the cafeteria. Hospitals have the most cutting-edge medical equipment, but they're still serving food like it's Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> How about selling an MRI machine and getting a pasta station? <laughs> Jim, you're a monster. 
There's different sections in hospitals. There's the emergency room, the intensive care unit, which sounds scary, but I don't know why anyone would want to stay anywhere but the intensive care unit. It kind of implies the rest of the hospital is like, look, we care, but we're not going to be a spaz about it. I get a phone call, I'm going to take it, right? We're like the mediocre care unit, which is better than we couldn't care less unit. Those guys are horrible. The Bible says it this way in Proverbs. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. So put yourself in situations where you're going to have some fun, where you're going to be able to laugh. Find things that are fun. If you commit to making better choices and putting yourself in those situations, you'll be better able to deal with the stress in life that isn't within your control because you've had plenty of time to relax and enjoy as well. The other gift that God has given us to help us better deal with life's stressors that we can't control is relationships. And there's two kinds of relationships that the Bible talks about. The first of the two is horizontal relationships. Horizontal relationships are talked about in Ecclesiastes. It's it's about having relationships with other people. Two people can accomplish more than twice as much as one. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. So do you want a practical hint for today? Like, like even if you're not super excited yet about believing the Bible and trying to do what God tells you to do, this will just be pure practical. Find someone who does these things well. Find someone that prioritizes relationships. Find someone that, that prioritizes having fun. Find someone that doesn't seem stressed out all the time and ask them to help you be that way. We basically, again, all have the same stressors. Some people just deal with it better. If you see someone doing life well, don't be too proud to ask them how they're doing it. Don't be too proud for that. Ask them and then be willing to change what you're doing. You see, being publicly proud and privately miserable, that's just stupid. Being publicly proud and privately miserable is just stupid. You don't want to do that to yourself. No, no one else matters. It's how you feel inside that really matters. You don't need to put on a show for anyone. Don't be too proud to ask. You'd never a- hesitate to ask someone like, hey, how was the trip to wherever? What should I see? Or, what's, what, you know, oh, you made this great steak. What's the recipe? You, you never hesitate to ask for a recipe. Don't hesitate to ask someone for a relationship recipe or a fun recipe. But just be careful who you ask. Sometimes we get so desperate in life We'll just take advice from anyone, and a lot of times it's the wrong people. So you always want to look at someone's life before you ask for their advice, right? You want to, you want to see that, that they deal with stress well, and they have the same values about life and about God that you do. So you want to take a little look at their life before you just get advice. And you know, if you're newer here to RCC, here's what you found. This, this is a church family full of people, a couple thousand people with problems and imperfections. That's what you found. At this church, not even the pastors are perfect. That's what you found. But we're all okay with each other not being perfect. You don't have to put on a show here. You don't have to act like you have it all together when you don't. That's okay. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But God is perfect. God is perfect at RCC. God understands this stuff. He understands us, and he's willing to help us. So we're willing to help each other. We exist as a church, 
to help people get to know a perfect God through his perfect son, Jesus. That's why we exist. So if you're imperfect, this is the place for you. You found the right place. Get connected. Get supported. Get accepted for who you are. And grow closer to God. The way we always talk about at RCC to grow closer to God is is what I would call a vertical relationship. That's the other kind of relationship talked about in the Bible. And that's just praying. Psalm 72 says, He will rescue the poor when they cry to him. He will help the oppressed who have no one to defend them. You just talk to God like you would anybody else. You just tell him what you're thinking. You don't need any flowery speeches. God's not up there impressed. Like, hey, text that to me again. I'm going to print it out and put on the pearly gates. You don't need to try to impress him with your words. Just be real. Just be honest. Be simple. Say, God, help me. I'm stressed out. I've got a lot of stuff going on that I can't control. Help me. And if you pray like that, the Bible is very clear how God will help you and how God can help you remove stress. It's in Philippians. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. And then it says, get this, if you do this, you will experience God's peace. There it is. There is an answer to stress straight from Scripture. Pray about everything. Increase your vertical relationship with God, and you'll experience peace. And, and, and isn't peace the opposite of stress? Like being full of peace, isn't that the opposite of being full of stress? This is what God is offering you. It's God's promise. A vertical relationship with God is essential to our emotional well-being. It just is. Now, maybe you're here this morning and, and you know you do have a relationship with God. You've had one maybe for a long time, but you've still been feeling stressed out. Maybe life's details have gone kind of March Madness on you and it's just gotten crazy. You've been letting the devil win in your life. That's the battle going on for your life. But you do have other options. You do have other options. You can reset your priorities. You can align your priorities with God's priorities. And then you can expect God to fulfill his promise and bless you. If you're living as God directs, you can expect God to bless. If you're ignoring God's direction, you can't expect him to bless. You know, if you're trying to keep a whole bunch of plates spinning Maybe, maybe it's better that you just let a couple of them fall. If you're all stressed out, let a couple of them fall. Maybe the promotion, maybe your kids' hobbies, maybe the bigger house just isn't really worth it for what it causes in your life. You know, God cares about even these little details in your life. He cares about all of it. He sees himself as your loving father. He cares about what's stressing you out, and he wants to help you deal with it. But you have to be willing to receive his help, and you have to be willing to change. And Jesus also cares. Listen, listen to what it says. I'm almost finished. You have to listen to this last verse. Listen to how much Jesus cares right from the Bible about you and how you deal with stress. This is what Jesus says. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Weary, heavy burdens. Isn't that just another way to say stressed out? You're weary, you're stressed out. It's a heavy burden. Jesus understands what life can be like, and he's offering to help you. But have you ever done that? Have you done that yet in your life, where you've, where you've come to Jesus, so to speak? Jesus doesn't say come to a seminar. Jesus doesn't even say come to a church. Jesus says come to me. He wants you to reach to him, to come to him, to go to him. So if your stress burden is heavy, Jesus is offering to help you carry it. 
if today, as we've talked all this time about stress, if today you're sitting here realizing, you know what? I've been dealing with so much stress and I'm just sick of it. Uh, I don't want to live this way. I'd rather be happy. If the stress is more than you want to handle on your own and you'd like to begin a personal relationship with Jesus, that's just one prayer away. That's what he says. It's just one prayer. You, you just have to tell him. Jesus, I believe in you. I want to try to follow you. That's all you have to say. And then he promises to bring you into his family. So that's how I'm going to close the service. I'm going to help you pray about that. If you've never prayed that before, you can, you can say the words in your heart as I say them out loud. And you can invite Jesus into your life. You can come to Jesus today. And then, if you've already prayed something like that, you and, like I have, you and I can talk about bringing Jesus into our day-to-day. We believe in him, but we kind of haven't been watching him or following him. And we've been letting life get stressed out. We're going to ask him to help us with that as well. So if you'd like to pray either of those prayers with me, bow your heads, and I'll say the words for all of us. Dear God, thank you for being so ready and willing to off- and, and offering to help us handle our stress. God, for some of us, we believed in you for a long time. We follow your son, but yet we're still stressed. And we've just kind of lost sight of the goal. So God, we ask you to help us recommit ourselves to doing things your way and following your son. And then we ask you to bless us with peace like you promise. And now, Lord, for, for those of us who have never said this before, we want to tell you now, yes, we do believe in your son, Jesus. We ask Jesus to come to us. We come to him. We want him to come to us. We want to have him lead our lives. And God, we promise to do our best to follow. Thank you for inviting us and welcoming us into your family today. It's in his name we pray. Amen.